Hey everyone, Drew Paglieri back with a power spread analysis on all things football. So in my podcast, as you can tell, I'll mention something about players and talent. And I'll sometimes mention something about organization and preparation and technique. And then I always mention culture, but I don't really explain what I mean by that. And then I talk a lot about schemes. So again, in my Super Bowl preview number one, I again mentioned culture, but I kind of focused on schemes. So here we go. Culture for me is three elements, and it's always the three elements as you go around in any type of business, in any type of family, in any type of individual, in any type of country, in any type of state. I mean, everywhere where there's culture, which is everywhere, <laughs> it's just a, it's your habits. Culture is basically, in one simple word, habits. It's, it's where you focus, it's what you believe. It's your belief leads into focus, creates habits. And those habits over time become your culture. Like I said, it can be for an individual or for an organization or for a state or for a country. So I, I break it down into this. Personnel, which is the people, personnel. Uh, operation, that's your real focused organization of habitual way of being. You know, and everyone has it, whether they know it or not. And then um, strategy, and everyone's always thinking. No one doesn't think. And when you're thinking, you're strategizing. I mean, whether you know it or not. Even if it's like, do I want this to eat today or this to eat? You know. So I'm breaking it down in personnel, operations, strategy. And when we look at these teams, again, in football, that's talent. That's technique when it's on the field. Fundamentals when it's in the practice. Sort of pr- fundamentals to technique. To, that, that leads into the schemes, the schemes that they run on the field with the talent. And, you know, but a lot of what I talk about with um, operation, and it's almost in that word operation, preparation. That's, you know, during the week, how they're preparing. The bigger picture of operations is the general manager, the owner, how the coach is working with them, down to the, 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 the other coaches, the assistant coaches, the talent, and all that. So I don't want to get into a big thing about culture. I just want to give you a little preview on that and get into these two teams and how their cultures are so similar. Again, I'll start with schemes, even though that's the last piece of the puzzle, in my opinion. But we'll start there because that's what I talk about a lot. And I can go through that real quick. Go to my other podcast if you want to hear more about these schemes, but they're both Gilman based. And one of these days, I'll have to explain more about Sid Gilman and what that means. Um, McVeigh is very solid with this. It's a Gilman pro PSAR because he has a lot of air raid offense in his stuff. And it's Gilman based, you know, Gilman. And I mean that conceptually, not necessarily that all his, you know, all the teams right now are using West coast based pass route designs mixed with air raid mixed with run and shoot. It's all in there, but I'm just saying conceptually to me anyway, McVeigh is a Gilman based with a pro based PSAR power spread air raid. I think Taylor is more towards PS in a way, but he's also Gilman based and it's a pro PS leaning towards a PS pro. And what I'm, it's almost like a Gilman PS. So it's a little bit, and why do I have him mixed more? McVeigh is very solid. He know, he's doing exactly what, he knows what he's doing now. I mean, he's very solid in his schemes. I think Taylor's are evolving a lot right now and they're going to be different. And Brian Callahan is his right hand man. I think Brian Callahan is going to stay with him as long as he can until he has a head coaching job that he really wants. 
I have a feeling. They're like, the, they're like a team, like a duo. Whereas McVeigh's more solid on his own. I think he used to be a team with some people, but he's real solid on his own right now. That's just my take. And um, on defense, these guys like, you know, not too much aggression, but they want it to be mixed coverage. And with Morris, the defensive coordinator for Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator for the Rams, he's from a Tampa 2 background, which used to be an aggressive scheme, but is conservative at this point. You can't just do that or you get burned. But he also had Jim Haslett of the zone blitz from Dick LeBeau, the originator, the guy who really blew the whole thing up to make everybody do this. I mean, it's what everybody uses. So that's a lot of mixed blitzing with a cover three behind it and the zone behind it. So Morris had some of that mixed blitzing, and then he had Dan Quinn. He was under Dan Quinn, who likes the cover three stuff of Pete Carroll, but also his cover one man under, man, a lot of man-to-man with the cover one, and El Robber, a lot of that robber stuff, which is also from Pete Carroll. So you put that all together, you know, and now Morris is a more aggressive type of defensive coordinator than he was back in the day when he's with Tampa. He will mix a lot of coverage and, and do blitzes as well. Anarumo, same thing. He had more of a conservative background, a different background, but a, a, another one I don't want to get into too much, but a 4-3, a 4-2 hybrid, maybe a little three-man line, but mostly the 4-3 or 4-2 nickel. And then um, more, you know, more of a mix in the back because he was under a guy Philbin, which is from the Zimmer line. Mike Zimmer and all those guys, but other stuff goes into that, Vance Joseph, but there's a lot of mixing in the back coverage, but then he was under James Bechner for a short time there at the Giants, and Bechner is a real aggressive mixer in the front and the back, so suddenly now Inarumo's playing these wild exotic blitzes when he wants to, but as with Morris, and we've seen it this playoff, Morris can be aggressive, then against Tampa Bay, he backed way off too much. He can, you know, Anarumo was so aggressive against Tennessee with a brilliant scheme, he backed off a lot to Kansas City. They went down by 21 to 3. And it would have been 42 to 3 if Mahomes and those guys didn't have such a bad letdown the second half. I know Anarumo changed his scheme. He went three man rush, eight man zone. Then he mixed in a safety blitz here and there and stuff. It's good. He's being flexible, and I love it, but it still was very conservative. There wasn't a lot of pressure. And I'm telling you guys, we're open. You go back, you go ahead and review it yourself. Guys were open all over the place that second half. It's hard to just sit and play eight-man zone unless Mahomes is having a bad day. And that whole team let down big time, especially on offense that second half. I'm not taking it from the Bengals. Their players are unbelievable. The culture is unbelievable, which is what I'm talking about. And Anarumo can be unbelievable. So he and Morris can be aggressive, but they can be conservative. So that's going to be the big watch, if you ask me, for the defenses. And forget about double coverage and all that. People are looking, doubling chase, doubling cup, Cooper cup. There will be a chase awareness and a Cooper cup awareness. They will do pattern matching. They will do cover six pattern matching, cover three pattern matching with a robber. Sometimes they'll do a robber in the six. That's a safety coming up to rob routes. Sometimes there'll be a cover one and or a three and they'll take that deep safety or Anarumo will do this and have him come up and robber so you have no deep safety and sometimes there'll be cover zero every once in a while blitzes that's more Anarumo Anarumo will do diff, more of a variety of different things and more extreme so he could get really aggressive almost over aggressive or get really conservative whereas to me Morris stays in the middle more he can get a little bit aggressive get pretty aggressive but not too crazy and he can get a little too conservative but he won't get too I don't think he'll just sit back in eight man zone all the time but he's not going to come with a full house blitz Anarumo could so Anarumo's the big the big uh wild card here 
This, where is he going to go? And again, if he gets real conservative, you better hope that Stafford and those guys are having a big letdown. And I don't really see it. I mean, they've had a big playoff, but so has the Bengals have a lot of... They've had two weeks off. They're kind of all in the same boat. So the big thing is the Rams have more experience, of course, but we'll get to that in a minute. So we've got, um, you know, the, on offense, McVay has shown he's staying aggressive more. I know he got a little conservative after all the fumbles early, you know, against Tampa. And, you know, I know both teams went down big, but Kansas City is the best team out there. And they came out professional, and Anarumo was too conservative. The Bengals went down. And I know the Rams went down. San Francisco's on fire. They could have easily been the team, you know, and they have a great team, great offense, great coach, all that. So that's not a crazy thing that those two teams went down. And it's not crazy that they came back and won. I mean, you know, there's a lot of emotions flying around right now. The, the, the Chiefs were burned, burned out by the second half. So the defense tried to keep them. They tried to keep it going. And the crowd was losing it. The crowd wasn't burned out at all. It wasn't for the crowd. It would have been a war. I think the Bengals would have wrapped that up before overtime. The crowd pumped them up. The, the Chiefs, but with uh, the other side, you know, so, you know, I just want to say, you know, like those, I wouldn't look into those too much. It's just a wild and rat, wacky playoff. This game could be a blowout or it could be incredibly close. It's probably going to be close and a lot of wackiness, but who knows? So that's the schemes. And, and, and the special teams, by the way, it's been very good on both sides for the most part. And there's a lot of good schemes going on there, but that's a lot about the culture. That's a lot about being fired up. Those guys just got to have to be ready to go and they will be. And preparation. So let's get off the schemes now. I'll probably have more on that on my last um, preview on this on Sunday. And I, I, I got a call for uh, people seem to like my preview, but that was short. So here we go. We're doing a little longer one, get a little more into this stuff so I can explain what I mean. So that's why I'm doing an extra one here. I'm going to have three now. So preparation. Let's, let's go backwards. That's the second one, preparation. And again, I'm not back behind these organizations. I'm not, you know, preparate. You know, when you talk about the operations, you know, you have to be there for that. And I'm not. So I can't totally go into what the operations are. But I can tell you right now, from what the coaches have talked about, they are very much into the, op- you know, they have the general manager, everybody's connected, everybody's aligned together, and all that. That's the operations, the preparations that go in week to week. Again, I'm not there. But when you can see it on game day, these players, I mean, one thing is whether Anarumo or Morris are playing aggressive schemes or non-aggressive schemes, the players are dialed in and the techniques are dialed in and they make some mistakes sure but they make less mistakes than most everyone else's playoffs these guys are dialed in so the preparation's good and the special teams are dialed in the offenses are dialed in sure burrow makes mistakes he's young okay sure uh stafford makes some mistakes i mean he he he's still doing a risk assessment with this new offense this is more of a power spread offense than what he's used to and it's, you have to take your risks, but you've got to be careful. He's still, even after a year, still trying to come to grips with um, McVay's offense, but he's getting it a lot better in the playoffs. And we have to see, will he make too many mistakes in the Super Bowl? Will he really shine? And it's the same thing with Burrow. You would think Stafford has a better chance because he's, he's experienced. He's an older guy. But you never know. It could just be Burrow's time, and he could have his best game ever as a, as a second-year guy because he's made a lot of mistakes these playoffs and gotten away with it. And not just interceptions, all kinds, missing guys open, holding the ball too long, getting sacked all over the place. What if he, you know, he showed signs against Kansas City he was getting rid of that ball quicker, not taking the sack. So what if, you know, he really gets rid of the ball when he has to, holds it when he has to, goes to read progression, doesn't stay on the primary. So I'm kind of getting into the personnel now on the quarterbacks. But, you know, Burrow will stick on his primary too long. Maybe he'll get off of it. Maybe Sunday will be the time. 
he really blossoms. Who knows? I mean, you have to, you know, unlikely, yeah, it's unlikely for a second-year guy in the Super Bowl to actually blossom all the way. But things are going wild for the Bengals, so I'm not sure anymore. I, I, all bets are off. Burrow could have a, a greatest game, and that's a Brady thing then. It's like Tom Brady was able to win that Super Bowl right off the bat as a young guy who was making tons of mistakes that Belichick was being careful with. You know, using this guy because he makes mistakes. We got to be careful. He's too young and he won a Super Bowl. So it can happen. I mean, you know, so, you know, so, but I expect both of these schemes to be, I, I think they both done well. A lot of power, a lot of spread mix. They, they've been good with their quarterbacks, the best they can do with their quarterbacks. So I think, you know, I don't have any, I think we're going to, what you see is what you get. A Gilman pro PSAR from McVeigh, a Gilman PS pro or pro PS, whatever from, um, Taylor, we're going to get some good, strong offense. They're going to try to use the power with their good running backs and then mix it up. The defense is going to be what it's all about, but the preparation should be on. I mean, yes, the Bengals aren't as experienced, but I just feel like, first of all, McVay's been there. He knows the deal, so he'll be really prepped. I, I, I feel the Rams will be prepped. The Bengals, if there's a, a chance that someone's not prepped and this turns into a blowout, like the Tampa Bay Bucks didn't look prepped, in their second playoff game, it looked horrible. They were so those players were all over the place, confused. I, I don't expect that from either team. If it happens, it will be on the Bengals side, I would think. Just that Taylor's not used to this. But I just think it's one of those years, one of these teams up. You know, Taylor's got it going, man, and he's got this thing organized. I think he was already thinking about it right after the championship game. I got to get ready. I got to get this team prepped. So and this team's buying in, you know. So I think they'll be prepped. But if one team is, and it will, it will be them. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, like I said, the players are playing. You know, the schemes are about the plan. The players need a plan. That's the schemes. The, the, the preparations about players need to play. And both teams of players have been busting and playing. And, um, again, so let's go into the personnel, the last thing. And I want to mention, you know, let's, let's go through some starters. I already talked about the quarterbacks. Experience with the Rams inexperienced with the Bengals. Going to be some mistakes maybe, but you know Stafford trying to get you know, his balance of being aggressive but not over-aggressive, he, he sometimes flings it a little wildly, and this is a big game for him. Is that pressure going to get him and he's going to throw the ball all over the place and be a little too wild, or will he keep it under control? And both guys need to check down to their checkdowns, to their outlets. If it's not open, whip it down to your outlet. Forget the read progression. I primary rush is coming whip it to your outlet or whip it to the ground get it out of you know rip it out of your hand you can't just hold on to it if there's no if there's not pressure go to your second read go to your third read but keep it cool i mean that's difficult and it's a super bowl now and and and, and burrow's getting a little better at this brad sat stafford can be good at this but sometimes he's not so you know pressure versus inexperience which one's going to win out there? That's going to be weird. I, I don't know what to think. Normally, I'm all for Stafford. Normally, I'm all for the Rams. That's my first pick. I'm leaning again to changing this thing because there's a magic in the air about the Bengals, and it can happen. And even if Burrow makes some mistakes again, if he makes a lot of big plays, he needs to make more big plays than mistakes. That's all I want. Two mistakes, six big plays, they win the Super Bowl. So stuff like that. So I'm not all about the mistakes. I'm all about you have to make the bigger plays, too. And sometimes Burrow's been missing big plays as we get in. But sometimes, you know, at the end of that Chiefs game with his legs out of nowhere and a couple passes, he's got the charisma. He has the charisma. There's no doubt about it. So let's see if that charisma can overcome an experience like Brady. Let's see if Stafford 
who's just a really darn good quarterback and been for a long time, can just keep it sort of in that balance of aggression. Running backs, you know, I know people like the quarterbacks, so we talked a long time. Let's, run, let's race through the rest of it here. Running backs, we've got Mixon's really good, and he very much reminds me of Akers. Just two really good running backs for the Rams and for the Bengals. They've got good backups. Per, Sa, Samaji per, Perine, or however you say his name, Perine, Perine, he was the backup of Mixon at Oklahoma. And he play, actually, he shot, he, he actually started a lot at Oklahoma. He's a real good backup. I like him. You've got, um, uh, well, Henderson's hurt now, but you have Sony uh, Michelle, really good backup that they picked up. So if you've got the running backs are in good shape. The receivers, they're very similar again. These teams are so similar. There's been a lot of talk that they were built differently. The Rams trade their draft picks and hire guys real at the last second. They got Von Miller. They pull, But the Bengals sort of pick up free agency pickups, but they were all about their draft picks. Look, the Rams were all about their draft picks originally, too, when McVay got there. I mean, it's changed. I mean, McVay's been there longer. He has a, strong, a longer culture and sort of a stronger base of a culture. This Taylor thing is just developing still. So that could be bad for the Bengals in this game in experience, or they have the momentum and the magic's with them, and it's good. It's a tough call. I don't know. But, you know, they were built a little differently because they're different times in their culture right now. They're in different places. But it doesn't really matter. You can slice an apple a different way and still get the slices you want. So the bottom line is they've ended up with very similar talent. Even Burrow, he's young, but he's not that different than Stafford in a way to me. I mean, you can get detailed about it. I'm just saying big guys can move a little bit but like to be in that pocket, pop the pass, the spread passing game. You've got these big, strong running backs who can bust it. Um, you've got these receivers that have one really dynamite receiver, Cooper Cup. Not the same way Chase is dynamite. Chase has the speed and incredible talent over there with Chase. But Cup is great. and He doesn't need all that talent. And he has a lot himself, but he's great. He's great now. I wouldn't say Chase is great now because Chase has years to go yet. But he has incredible talent. And it, when it pops out, watch out. So they have two great receivers. I mean, Chase... To be determined, but he's playing great. Right? Just, he's a great young receiver. Let's put it that way. And then we have uh, the great compliments. Higgins, you know, Boyd, who's going underrated for the Bengals. Tyler Boyd, just watch out. This dude can bust up the seams, can get a lot of big third down passes. Watch out for Boyd in this game. Uh, same with the Rams. Jefferson's an up-and-coming good young receiver. And now they tried to make Deshaun Jackson work. It didn't work. And then Robert Woods, their other great receiver, got hurt, knocked out for the year. Bring in Beckham, one of their pickups they got. So Beckham's been doing great. He's worked better than Deshaun Jackson because I think he has more variety. He's able to do a lot of things where Deshaun Jackson's a little bit of a one-trick pony. I'm a little wrong on that. Don't take me seriously, Deshaun, if you hear this. I'm just saying in a, in a, di- in a sort of way. That's, he didn't quite fit the, the way that the PS variety that McVeigh likes to use. I think that was a part of it. Other than that, I don't know. I don't know off the field and all that. I don't know. But that's all I know. So the tight ends are very similar. And they're both hurt. Isn't that incredible? These teams are like mirrors of each other. Um, you know, uh, they both got hurt last game. Uzama looked bad. I, it's a Bengals tight end. I thought he was out. But they're saying he's going to play. And it's Higby who they're saying isn't going to play. And he's a really good tight end for the Rams. So that's positive for the Bengals. It's already starting to look like the luck's turning their way already. I'm like, hmm, what's going on? But both very similar if they play and they have backups that are decent. And then we have um, the offensive lines. Now, here's where it's a little different. I mean, the Bengals have a very similar offensive line to the Rams, but a lot less experience. At this point, not nearly as good pass blocking, but they're really good run blocking. But the Rams are good at both. That's 
advantage Rams, definitely. So that's kind of a thing there. Other than that, these offenses are similar. The Gilman-based power and pass with PS mixed in. A little bit different, like I told you, in the scheme section, but very similar. They mirror each other again. The coaches mirror each other. Um, On defense, I've talked about the schemes, but as we go, defensive line is big for the Bengals, and it's big for the Rams. But again, younger for the Bengals, more experienced for the Rams. Leonard Floyd, Vaughn Miller, they picked them up. But these guys have been there, done that. Donald, Aaron Donald, they've been to Super Bowls. They've been to the playoffs. These guys for the Bengals are new. Hendrickson, um, the young guy Hubbard from Ohio State. You know, uh, B.J. Hill is really coming on at defensive tackle. Ogan Joby got hurt. But there's that depth again, which I'm about to get into. D.J. Reader finally fulfilling his talent. So good young guys there, good older guys for the Rams. They, they go, they live and die by their defensive lines. Linebacker's not quite as good for either team, but underrated. Reader for the Rams, a guy people didn't think about. This guy, he's been good. Oh, Wilson, Logan Wilson for the Bengals. He's been really good, guy that people didn't think about. He mix, he's, he's got all kinds of, he has more speed than Reader, and he can do pass coverage and get up there. But Reader's really good on the run. I mean, you know, then you have their compliments. Howard. For the Rams, who replaced Kenny Young, we'll talk about that in a minute, or is it Kenny or Young? I forget the guy's name now. Uh, I'm, I'm getting his name wrong, who he was, but he's gone now. Brown, I'm sorry, was it Brown? I'm sorry to forget his name, but he was the original starting inside linebacker next to Reader, and he's out because Howard was bring, taking the scheme better and playing it better. He's real speedy, too. The guy that's out was speedy, but this guy's speedy, too, Howard. And Pratt, Pratt's a speedy cover guy, too. That's so similar. They marry each other. Pratt for the Bengals. And then you got the defensive backs. And this gets a little different, mainly because the Rams have had injuries. Both their safeties were knocked out, but their backups have been incredible. Now one of their safeties, Taylor Rapp's coming back. But Weddle, they bring him out of retirement. He's been playing great. And they had a guy named Burgess, the young guy, but they benched him for Weddle. And I was, like, surprised by that. But Weddle's been doing well, but he's still mixed. You know, I don't think he's totally as solid with the scheme as Rapp. But he's been playing so well, I don't know what you do. And he's given such great energy, so I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to still start Reddle or put Rapp in? And then on the other side, you've got Nick Scott, who replaced their original starter, Fuller. And Scott's been great. And then for the Bengals, they got their original guys. Jesse Bates and Von Bell have been starting all year, and they're great. And Von Bell's a veteran. You've got Eli Apple, a veteran, who's, you know, he gets a little wacky the way he acts, a little crazy. But he's hanging in, and he's doing really well. He's got a lot of talent from Ohio State. And then on the other side, you've got a woozy. He's really coming into his own. Is he as good as Jalen Ramsey, the top cornerback for the Rams? I'd say no. But he's getting closer and closer. And, you know, and then, and then, they, and then I think the other side is Apple, is, is Apple better than the Rams guy, uh, Williams, who's been an incredible free agent find, Darius Williams. I would say, yeah, Apple's better. He's a number one pick, whatever. Come on, give me a break. Well, this free agent guy? undrafted Williams been playing a well he's short he's on the short end but he's speedy Apple's a bigger guy I give it a tie I think they're both good and they both have different talents so but so in the end of the day these D-backs are a little bit underrated as well even the injuries to the Rams I underrated them with Arizona I thought those injuries were going to do them in I was completely wrong so DBs are underrated linebackers are underrated D-line is what it's all about for these teams is they just mirror and then we go special teams and again you know they pick up Powell for the, or I'm sorry, yeah, it's a Powell for the Rams. He came up out of nowhere. They, they brought him in 
you know, off, of, off the practice squad. You've got Taylor for the Bengals. They had issues with their punt returning this year. Taylor's been a godsend. Then he gets a touchdown in a game now, you know, against the Chiefs. It's been incredible. Um, and then, uh, you know, their kick return, I like their guys. Again, it's Powell for the Rams and for the Bengals. They've got Allen, their backup, another backup running back who likes to catch it out of the backfield. Good stuff there with, I mean, sorry, Chris Evans, not Allen, Chris Evans. So he does some good kick returns. Their coverages have been on fire. The, 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 the morale on those special teams, they're a big part of the team. They're special. They, feel, they act like they're special. Their punters are veterans and very good, Huber and Hecker. Their kickers are both good young guys. Matt Gay has been great, but he missed a short one against Green Bay, 47 yards. And then some. there's been talk of he's got an injury maybe. I don't know if this is McVay said he doesn't. So is it nerves a little bit? I'm not. Whereas McPherson for the Bengals has been on fire. Like this guy's like an old pro just popping through 50-some yards. Who cares? So that's advantage Bengals. So you can see already, if that tight end comes back for the Bengals and not from the Rams, and then you've got this kicker situation, advantage Bengals, but not by much. And, of course, the Rams are at home. They have all the experience. That's a big advantage Rams. So, you know, you've got – it's going both ways. But that's the teams. But the last thing I want to say about this, and this is the biggest thing to me, and I know it sounds funny, but team depth. With all these injuries now, team depth. With the way the culture is built, team depth including everyone, everyone's involved from the owners to the general manager to the fans, all the coaches, all the players, all of them, team depth. And when I talk about that, I talk about this guy Taylor I just talked about for the Bengals. Yeah, he's in here. He's so, and you know, and what do these guys say? Listen to this, Perrine, who's now becoming a better, you know, NFL guy again, thanks to, you know, Zach Taylor giving him a chance. You know what, you know what Perrine says here? Is it, do I have it here? Where is it? Um, well, what Taylor said is, I feel like I've slowly, or I'm going to put this link up for a bit. I feel like I've slowly earned more and more trust with the coaches. Communication, transparency, trust. Enough trust for them to put me out there. I think that's a pretty big deal. I was extremely thankful for the opportunity. What does uh, Perrine say here, the running back? There's no hierarchy here. Everybody acts like we're peers. And I feel like that's the biggest thing. All equal, all one heartbeat. Everybody contributes, no hierarchy. They all feel like they're involved. They all feel important. They all feel important. What is Isaiah Prince, the right tackle that they kept and they didn't cut? They cut his buddy from Ohio State, Michael Jordan. We won't talk about that, but they had their reasons. Yeah, I'm trust Zach Taylor, what he's doing. But they didn't cut Prince. And the guy they picked up, R- Riley Reef, who was supposed to be the big acquisition to be their right tackle, gets hurt. And Prince has really been doing better. Hanging in, I know the pass protection, but you know a lot of that is Burrow holding on to the ball. We're ripping on this line too much. You know, I know it's, it looks bad to the fans, but I'm telling you, Burrow's holding on the ball a little bit. But they can't, they're better at run blocking. It's true. That's why they need to, to get some power going in the Super Bowl. But um, what Prince said is Coach Taylor has created an environment for us that we can be ourselves and grow and learn. I'm grateful and appreciative of the environment that we have here. That's culture. That's big time. And that may overcome, especially the cultural momentum that's going on, it may overcome the inexperience, or it may not, (laughs) because also the Rams have a good culture. And when you talk about them, you talk about a guy named Powell, another guy that came in on that team, and 
and you talk about a guy named Weddle, you know, and, and Powell's like, again, mirroring the Bengals with Taylor as returners. And then you talk about these D-backs that were all injured, but yet Burgess played so well and Scott played well. Then Burgess, they put Weddle in front of Burgess as a retired guy, comes in because he's playing so well, but everybody's working together, one team. And what did McVeigh say about Weddle? And it's what I said in my first podcast about the Rams. The podcast, you have to go back to the Rams and Arizona podcast. And I said, I think they got Weddle for the energy. And sure enough, I've got a quote, and I'll put that up. And McVeigh saying, Weddle's given us great energy. It's all about the energy. But yet, Weddle's played a great scheme. He's been playing great in the scheme. And he's making some mistakes, too. So I don't know what that means, if Rapp's going to start or not. But Weddle's been doing... I think Weddle loves the scheme because he's robbing. He's coming up in the robber scheme a lot, and he's loving it. And then he had, they're having mixing schemes back there on defense, so he likes that stuff. He seems excited about it. All that pattern matching, he seems to be enjoying this. So anyways, I talked about in the other podcast about the pattern matching. It's not double coverage, it's pattern matching. So anyway... So we have uh, all these guys coming in, right? And during the season, the Bengals picked up Trey Flowers. He's now the cover guy on these tough tight ends. And he comes in on the 6 DB uh, thing. Michael Thomas, the safety, he's the 7th DB that they use. Johnston, a, a real talented linebacker from college, had a knee injury. But he's coming back. And they're using him on special teams and on goal line. He stopped Henry on the goal line. How about all this? How about what they picked up in the playoffs? Square. I don't know his first name. I can't remember. God dang it, they just picked him up from the Raiders. He's in there against the Chiefs, plugging holes, you know, get helping these guys, uh, Hill and, and Reader. Reader's a big guy. He needs a breather. You could put Square in there. Square was doing contain on Mahomes, a little bit of containing you got to do. And then Josh Kerr, he's been in there plugging holes, you know, picked him up in the playoffs. I mean, this is incredible. And the Rams, you know, uh, Traven Howard, I talked about him filling in for that guy, Young, or what's his name? I forget his name. Uh, the, 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 the guy, Brown, I don't know his name, this guy's name, Young. But he was fast. They got rid of him, though, because he wasn't playing the scheme. He was good a couple of years ago. It's a different, little bit different with Morris. I don't know what happened. Maybe off-field. I don't know all that stuff. But I know that Traven Howard's been playing great. And Reader. And then you got running back Henderson, small school, comes up. He's, he didn't think he was big enough. He was playing great this year, but Sony Michelle was in there. They picked him up. And then, you know, Henderson's hurt. It's okay, we've got Michelle. Henderson might be coming back, I think. How about this one? Whitworth, out versus Tampa Bay. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Note boom. Hey, Woods, this is for you. Note boom. Give me a note boom. Note boom was amazing in that game. I couldn't believe it. So, you know, he's back on the bench. I guess Whitworth is back in. But if that old man gets hurt, I, I trust Noteboom. So this is big stuff. <laughs> the preparations, the schemes, they're so similar. Uh, everything's similar. The, the, te- the players, the personnel. This is two teams that mirror each other. So what are we coming down to here, man? I'm looking at this. L.A. experience. Is it time for McVeigh and Stafford? Why would it be time for the Bengals already? It should probably be time for Stafford and, and McVeigh. Um, except that the Bengals' magic, it's the year of the tiger, I think in Chinese. <laughs> and so, I mean, honestly, forget the year of the tiger. It's just the year of the Bengal. I mean, there's been so much magic with them. We can all see it. We can all feel it. Um, but each game, they almost lost more. I mean, they almost lost to the Raiders, even closer to the Titans, even closer to the Chiefs, and were getting killed. <sighs> the Rams killed Arizona. 
They were killing Tampa Bay, and that thing turned into a fiasco at the end. I hardly blame the Rams for that. The Tampa Bay was so out of it. Their players were so discombobulated and so disconnected. And they had one last disconnect. Actually, Bowles caught a good game. A lot of the game, if you really look at the schemes, were good. He just couldn't do anything. Those players were a mess. Now, what does that all come out to? I don't know what the heck happened there. I still don't know. I think Tom Brady's burned out is one thing mentally. But there was other things there. I'll talk about that's going to be my other podcast. But the point I'm saying is the Rams had it pretty easy except for that comeback by Tampa Bay. Then all of a sudden we're down, down against San Francisco and had to come back. But in a, weird, in a way, overall, the Bengals have had it a lot tougher. But here they are. But here the Rams are. They haven't had it easy either. But the Bengals, is their bubble going to burst? I mean, it's, they're coming so close to losing. Is their bubble going to burst? Does, does Burrow implode or explode? Which one? I mean, does he, he hasn't played, I think, his best game yet. I mean, he's got a ways to go. He's a second-year guy. Does he make better reads? Does he get off the primary? Does he dump down to the, the outlets? Does he get rid of that ball quicker? Is he in sync? Are the schemes more aggressive because the coaches trust him more now? Are they start going down the sideline to Chase and Higgins and they blow this thing wide open? Or does he implode? He holds the ball. He's getting sacked. He's fumbling. He's throwing intercept. Does McVay stay aggressive? Or does Stafford make mistakes because of the pressure? And then he shuts it down. And Morris shuts it down on defense again. And then they implode like they did against Tampa Bay the second half. So could be a blowout either way. Could be another wacky close one. I'm going for wacky. I think we're going wacky all the way out. Like I called it, we're going wacky the whole way out. But it's really about the Bengals inexperience versus the Rams pressure. The Bengals, nothing to lose, right? Unless they think this is their one shot, then there is a lot to lose. But if they think, hey, we're here to stay, man. We'll be here next year. We'll be here. We're coming back. We're not nothing to lose. So they're either going to have nothing to lose, and that's dangerous for the other team. Or they could be overwhelmed, and that would be dangerous for the Bengals. And the Rams, you know, this is their second chance. They're back in the Super Bowl. Are they going to do it now? Or is it, you know, all the pressure because they have to do it now? This is their own second and last chance. Or is it like, hey, we're going to be back. The only thing that worries me about the Rams when I say all that is with McVeigh and his young guys, I think they expect to be back. I think Taylor and his guys expect to be back. I think the older guys for the Rams, and they have a lot of them, Stafford, Arnold, Beckham, Floyd, Miller, Whitworth, Moore, Weddle, off of, you know, this is it for them. And that could be a lot of pressure. I almost feel bad because I want it for them almost, even though I'm a Bengal fan. I'm like, I want these veterans to get it. I want Stafford to have it. I want them to get this. But... It may be too much pressure. And if that Bengals, if the Bengals come in without that pressure, so a lot of this is pressure. And it's going to be, if the Rams don't feel too much pressure and they just use their experience, they'll win. If the Bengals feel overwhelmed, they won't even be close. If the Bengals don't feel much pressure and they feel like this is our shot, we're going to play loose, fancy, and free. But I can't imagine there's not going to be nerves there. So the Bengals' nerves, the Rams' experience, but maybe later in the game, we have another comeback by the Bengals. They're down by a lot. The Rams, you know, Morris gets conservative. So does, you know, maybe there's a couple turnovers again, like Tampa Bay, and then McVeigh shuts it down. Then the pressure starts to mount, and the Bengals are like, hey, we got nothing to lose again. So I'm maybe looking for another Bengals comeback. But this time, do they finish the deal, or does their bubble finally burst? And that's the big question I'll answer on Sunday. And so that is a wrap here from the Power Spread Studios. This is Drew Paglieri. Until next time.